1: At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. There may come a time when you have a need and then God turns things around for them. And the intention is, then there will be equality as it is written, quoting from the Old Testament, wandering in the wilderness when God provided supernatural manna from heaven, he who gathered much did not have too much and he who gathered little did not have too little.
0: In today's message, Pastor Danny will share with you that God has a plan to take care of his children. While God can care for his children supernaturally, and he does, he made a way for us to take care of others and have others take care of us. The Bible says that your surplus can help someone who's in desperate need, and one day the roles will be reversed. No matter which one you are right now, it's important to care for those in Christ who need a helping hand. They may just care for you one day, Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of Acts, Chapter 2, as he begins his message, Detachment, Devotion, and Daily Attachment.
1: are in the book of Acts. We just started our new Bible reading plan. Uh, We started this past Monday. If you don't have that yet, you can get it through our website. Uh, It's easily downloadable or you can just go and and look on the website and it has it on there. Uh, But you can download it and you can print it out. And uh, we're reading through now uh, beginning of the book of Acts after finishing the four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're starting in the book of Acts and we're going to read Uh, through the New Testament now. And as we do, uh, most of you know, maybe all of you know, we're pulling out sections and teaching on those sections from our weekly reading. So in the book of Acts, uh, we're going to be in chapter two, but I love the way the book of Acts opens. Uh, Luke penned the book of Acts and he starts off and he says in chapter one, in my former book, Theophilus, we don't know who Theophilus is, doesn't really matter. In my former book, he's referring to the gospel according to Luke. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day uh, he was taken up to heaven. And uh, now the book of Acts, uh, to be very technical, is a continuation of the ministry of Jesus through his church. It is really, again, if we're going to be real technical, the acts of Jesus through or by the Holy Spirit through his church. And you'll find uh, in the book of Acts fulfilled um, what Jesus said that uh, we would be his witnesses beginning in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And you find God calling um, Saul of Tarsus. He becomes the Apostle Paul, links up with a man named Barnabas. They become missionaries to the then-known world. And just an amazing book. I love this book, the book of Acts. We're going in chapter 2. And when you find chapter 2, the context here is Peter has just gotten up on the day of Pentecost. He has preached the gospel uh, after the Holy Spirit has fallen and gotten everybody's attention And everybody comes uh, rushing there in the temple area. Peter gets up and he gives the gospel. 3,000 people get saved. Goes from 120 people uh, meeting there to 3,120. And with those 3,120, verse 42 of chapter 2 says this They, those 3,120, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. And to prayer, everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I want to start us off diving into one of the words here. It's in verse 47. Praising God and enjoying the, my translation, the old 1984 New International Version, the favor, the favor, or the grace of all the people. It's the uh, Greek word, Charis. Charis, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. That's a great definition. The divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. And one of the things that happened. Uh, With these people who had put their faith now and trust in Jesus Christ, they were saved. Uh, They were Christians. Uh, This is the church. Because their heart was changed, there was a detachment from materialism. And a synonym of materialism is greed. They were selling things. Uh, The impression I get is uh, they were not selling everything. They were selling some things. They were selling things that uh, they consider now excess, uh, things that they didn't really need. And they gave to anyone as he had need. Reminder, in Jesus' coming, before the cross, he blasted the religious establishment. He blasted the religious leaders. He accused them of many things, but uh, specifically, he accused the Pharisees of their love of money and their lifestyles, which exhibited not serving others, but self-indulgence. They didn't like it, but it was true. He blasted them. They loved money. They had self-indulgent lifestyles. And now this group, in the midst of that religious culture that was so filled with materialism, greed, self-indulgence, you have these people that have put their faith in Jesus Christ, and now there's a detachment from this culture of materialism. It's a religious culture, but it was a culture filled with materialism and greed. God had changed their hearts and the evidence of the changed heart was this detachment from materialism and greed. Now, you flip a couple of pages, you go to Acts chapter 4, turn over to Acts chapter 4 with me, and you go down here to verse 32. Again, it tells us, verse 32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions were, was his own. That's amazing. That's convicting. But they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace, there's that word again, charis, charis, much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses, and now we have a little more specifics on some of the things they sold. Those who had land or houses, and again, the impression is, uh, this is land that they didn't really need. It it was extra land. It was an extra house. They sold them. They brought the money from the sales, and they put it at the apostles' feet. They came and brought it to the, the church. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Now, some have suggested from these passages that the early church lived in a commune, it's called. But that's not the case. Because it tells us they were meeting in their homes, uh, having meals in their individual homes. They didn't all move into one big house together. It wasn't a commune. But it was in terms of attitude, mindset, communal. Now, let me go to a couple more scriptures, and you can follow along or just write these down if you like. But Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer. talks about somebody who... Living that kind of lifestyle, they put their faith in Christ. They now have the divine influence upon the heart because their heart has been changed by faith in Christ. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. And Maybe he wasn't working before, maybe he was just stealing. Doing something useful with his own hands. Why? That he may have something to share with those in need. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 gives an amazing principle for the church, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and you go down to verse 13. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you're hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. I was shocked today to look in my bank account online and see money go into it that I didn't know where it came from. And so I contacted our church treasurer, and I said, I got this money that showed up. I don't know where it came from. A little while later, he sends me a text back, and he said, basically, it was your Trump check. My stimulus check. I didn't need a stimulus check. I get everything I need. My wife and I and our family are taken care of. God's been so good to us. So what do I do? Well, I ask the Lord, what do you want me to do with this money? Because it's overflow. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. There may come a time when you have a need, and then God turns things around for them. And the intention is, then there will be equality, as it is written, quoting from the Old Testament, wandering in the wilderness when God provided supernatural manna from heaven. He who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. If you know the story of the wilderness wandering when God began to supply the manna from heaven and God told him I'll give you enough for every day and on the Sabbath, uh, the day before the Sabbath because you you don't know go out and gather it on the Sabbath I'm not going to send it on the Sabbath that's just a day of rest, a day of special worship Uh, and so I'm going to give you uh, enough on Friday for Saturday and you had enough Friday to take you all the way through Saturday and then go back to what would be for them the first day of the week, Sunday. You know what they did? They didn't listen to God. Oh, they got the Friday amount and it lasted through Saturday, but then during the other days, they tried to hoard and take more and keep enough Sunday to get them through Monday, even though God provided and said, I'll give you enough for Monday. But when Monday comes, But now Sunday, so I'll give you enough for Sunday. And you don't need to hoard on Sunday to have enough for Monday. But they didn't listen to him. And because of their greed, on some of those days of the week, they would try to take more than enough to last them through the next day or through the next few days. And you know what happened? Next day they get up, and what they tried to hoard There were maggots in them. And God said, that's not the way it works. But because of the materialistic mindset and their greed, they didn't trust God. And God's intention is, hey, he's going to provide for each one of us. But sometimes he does that in the church because sometimes we do have more than we need. And God's blessed us with more than we need. And his intention is that we reach out, that we help others. Some some in this early church, not only uh, was their heart changed and they were freed from materialism and greed, but it freed them up to now follow the call of God in their lives in the text. The second one, in Acts chapter 4. I stopped at verse 35. Go back with me and look at verse 36. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, and he brought the money, and he put it at the apostles' feet because his heart had been changed. Now he's detached from this materialism a materialistic mindset, this greedy mindset, and it's interesting. It tells us he was a Levite. He had a calling on his life to serve God full time. And a couple of scriptures I'll just throw out. We don't have time to actually turn to them, but Numbers chapter 18 verse 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 9 tells us that a Levite wasn't supposed to own land. Interesting. When he got his heart right with God, he said, not only do I not need this, as a Levite, I shouldn't have it anyway. And he sold it, brought the money to the church, laid it at the apostles' feet, and this guy Joseph, also called Barnabas, is now not only freed from materialism and greed, he's freed to follow the call of God in his life. And what a call it was. He links up with the greatest apostle to the world, to the Gentile world, the apostle Paul. And they become an unstoppable team to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world in that day. Maybe think of the guy we call the rich young ruler. And the Bible tells us that he came to Jesus Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments? He says, well, these I've kept since I was a youth. And Jesus said, well, there's one more thing you lack. Go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Then come and follow me. And you'll have great riches in heaven. The Bible tells us that that man went away very sad. He was a man of great will. And despite how nice he might have been, despite his moral upbringing, his heart, his heart was attached to the things of this life, the things of this world, in such a way that he wasn't willing to say yes to Jesus and no to all the stuff. And so he missed out. Not only on salvation, but he missed out on what God's will was for his life. So many other people in the scriptures. When the Israelites came into the land of promise, a man named Achan kept back some of the goods, the riches of Jericho, the first stop in the land of promise, hid it under his tent. In his tent, underneath the ground, somewhere, and then ruined his life and took his family down with him. Sad, sad, sad stories. Now, back to the church. This early church. What a time! What a church the divine influence upon the heart and the reflection in the lives of these people, detachment from materialism and greed and a spirit of giving. And for a period of time, no needy persons among them because those who had gave. What a time. The challenge in a church like this is not to allow the materialism and the greed back in. It's a tremendous challenge. When you get to Acts chapter 5, verse 1, a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira also sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. He kept back part of the money for himself. But he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Obviously, God gave Peter what we would call a word of knowledge supernaturally about Ananias' sin. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You've not lied to men, but to God. And when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body, carried him out, and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? She lies too. Yes, she said. That's the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. And at that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Now, I know for some of us that seems like such a heavy thing for God to do in response to what Ananias and Sapphira did. Whatever you think about it, one of the things it tells us is how serious God is about this thing called materialism and greed and how evil it is. It's not just wrong, it's evil. It ruins lives. It ruins churches. Paul the apostle wrote 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10, "The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil." Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I need to hear this message. You need to hear this message. <laughs> we need to hear this message. I'm, I'm a blessed man. My wife and I do not lack. I have excess. I need to hear a message like this. What does God want me to do? First Timothy chapter six verse 10, that's pretty clear, but if you keep on reading, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, listen to this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, because it can be here today and gone tomorrow.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today as he continued to walk us through the books of the New Testament. From the life of Jesus and his ministry to how the gospel spread in the early days of the church, the New Testament books offer much insight into how we're supposed to live our lives now. They're not just an interesting story or a history lesson. These things actually happened. Is this New Testament Highlights series speaking to you in a personal way? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email and tell us what your experience has been as you've listened to these teachings. Our email address is info at That address again is info at ccfstpete.church. If you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, come join us and hear from Pastor Danny at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're holding services each Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. You'll find all the information you need on our website, ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Here at The Living Word, we value digging into Scripture in order to learn and to grow in our personal pursuit of God. So we hope you'll join us again next time as we continue teaching the Word and reaching the world. We look forward to the next edition here on The Living Word.